and welcome back to the Pro Series Podcast. I am Eric Doman, and today's episode is 31, and I get to talk to Luke Fry of Luke Fry Architecture out of Melbourne, Australia. We go over all things architecture and also talk about his company and how we got started in the company. Also talk about the difference between the United States and Australia when it comes to architecture. But before we start, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on wherever you listen to podcasts. And now, I hope you enjoy episode 31 with Luke Fry. Good morning. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I forgot. You said good morning. It's good at, it's like <laughs> evening here. Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> so Wednesday here. It's Thursday over there. Thursday morning. That's right. Yeah. Definitely. Thank you for joining us. Pleasure. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Pretty excited to um, talk about your company. Um, also talk about um, how you got to where you are as an architect. Um, architecture is a very um, something that I've always loved. I wanted to be an architect when I was younger, kind of grew up and wanted to be an interior designer, but still have the love for architecture. So I would love yeah. for just to hear um, how you got to where you are and how you started your company. Yeah, I guess I've been lucky enough to, to study both architecture and interior design. Um, so I, I started I started with uh, uh, interior design. Um, okay. And then did architecture after that. Um, it probably really just stems from a, my family being in the construction industry, um, you know, always being on building sites as a kid. And, um, you know, just then having that creative side to me that led me to, you know, that, that, that side of the industry, you know, not necessarily being on site with tools in my hand, but, um, you know, on the creative front. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So we, we did a yeah. flip-flop. I did the architecture first and then interior design. You did interior design and then architecture. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you went to school for architecture? Yeah. Yep. Okay. And then um, right after college or after schooling, did you start your company or did you work for, um, in the real world for a little bit? Yeah, well, because I'd studied interior design before I studied architecture, I was already working as an interior designer while mm. I was studying architecture. Okay. Um, you know, they, they, were some, they were some big weeks, put in some big hours, you know, working, working a lot and studying a lot. Um, and then I worked for a couple of companies um, for a few years before starting my own. That's uh, very you know, cool. Post-graduation. So yeah. I, was 20, I was 28 when I started my practice. That's, that's still very young to start your own company. It is. <laughs> it's pretty it awesome. Is. And I don't think I really appreciated that at the time. Um, but it was just kind of an opportunity was presented to me to do this project uh, and I just thought, you know what, why not? Let's, let's give it a go. If, if it doesn't go anywhere, then I can always go back and get another job. Um, so I did that project and then, you know, another one came along and another one. And, you know, after a couple of years, um, it, it was a, you know, legitimate, legitimate business. Yeah. So are, is it just you or do you have multiple staff members now? I've got a team of six. Okay. Very so, cool. um, yeah, a growing team. Uh, I don't really want it to get, you know, too big. Um, you know, maybe, maybe sort of 10 to 12 at most. Yeah. Um, but we're getting to a really good size now where we can take on, you know, 
almost anything um, with that amount of people, which is a good feeling to have. That's very cool. As you get bigger company-wise, not necessarily employee-wise, are you yeah. looking to be more pickier with your jobs? Um, I know like usually when people start to grow and get bigger and bigger, they'll just take anything to just get bigger and bigger. Um, and sometimes that hurts them in the long run. Is Which way are you taking that route to grow your company? Yeah, I think that's a really fair comment. Um, we're, we're probably becoming pickier with what we take on. Um, and I, I know that um, is you know, that, that alternative is probably a vicious cycle, you know, mm -hmm. where you've just got more mouths to feed. So you're, you know, you're desperate to take on more work to keep the flow happening. Um, I guess that's probably what we would be trying to avoid where, mm -hmm. you know, we're driven by the quality of the outcome, um, not necessarily the, the scale or the value, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, you know, although the scale and the value are growing too, which is lovely. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we're just we're just focused on on creating really unique projects um, where the client and us have you know a, a vision of you know excellence. Yeah, I and I kind of want to bring up with being picky with your jobs doesn't mean necessarily you're being like selfish and only want to do jobs that you like it's also scouting out how on the client and making sure that they're fit for your company it's not just just trying to be yeah. selfish with it you you want to make sure your company can fulfill their needs which is something that i wanted to bring up next because you do a really interesting post on your instagram about um briefing the client which i think is so yeah. important how do you do that with your clients yeah, look, I'll be honest, we used to have a questionnaire um, okay. that we no longer do um, purely because it just became a little cumbersome for some, you know, time poor people. So we, we now do a similar process, but just sitting down over a coffee and, and talking and extracting information from them, really. Um, Absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of, you know, architects and interior designers have their their processes ours i mean we always focus on establishing the brief before we even put a fee proposal together um very smart we we want to make sure that that brief is really highly considered um from our perspective and the clients as well um you know we, we sit down we just ask a lot of questions we just extract as much information as possible like everything from because what I find actually is clients will sort of think quite consciously or it's at the forefront of their mind as to what they kind of need now, what their current situation is. Yeah. Um, but when you, when you propose questions like, you know, what does your life look like in 20 years? Um, even if that client has toddlers, um, you know, they're then, off at university or they've left home by then you mm -hmm. know so the brief the brief starts to sort of change a little bit and you start to think a little bit differently when you ask questions like that um Absolutely. and then and then it can get down to you know just micro super micro questions as well um you know it about gets, the day-to-day -day life yeah it can be uncomfortable too asking a lot of those questions I, I feel i mean i've known designers that are very uncomfortable with asking those questions because some of those questions kind of feel like they're a little bit too personal and they're a little bit 
um, none of your business type of thing. But if you don't ask those questions, you're just designing and creating from whatever you want or when you like, and you're not truly doing it, you're, you're doing a disservice to your client. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think it's a little bit irresponsible in a way. I mean, when we talk about, you know, good design, it should be something that's timeless and, and it should last generations. Um, oh, yeah, if definitely. you're just designing something for the here and now, well, you know, whether that's, you know, functionally or aesthetically, um, in in five years or 10 years, it no longer meets those needs. And yeah. therefore, you know, you need to change it. You need to redo that bathroom or that kitchen or think about something else. You know, you're not you're not looking at the longevity of of the the home or the the building and what its future uses might look like. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's something if anybody's listening, if you have a architect or a designer comes to your house and isn't asking you that many questions, that's a red flag for you to kind of turn away and find someone that is. Agreed. Agreed. I think, I think it's, especially when it comes to, you know, private homes, um, it is a really personal thing, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you've, you're, you're entering into a, a relationship with your architect. You know, you're going to be working really closely together for a number of years, probably well beyond that. Um, you know, you really need to get to know each other um, to, to be able to make a success of the project. Absolutely. Do you ever feel yeah. like I, I've talked with my designer friends about this sometimes? I feel like yeah. I'm a therapist sometimes to the <laughs> client because I mean, yeah, yeah. you're, I, you do most, you do mostly yeah. residential work like homes and stuff. Yeah, we we primarily focus on sort of single and multi residential, so you know right. apartment buildings and things like that as well. Um, we're starting to do some more commercial and hospitality projects which is lovely um but still the majority of what we do is single homes yeah um yeah and and you definitely feel like a a therapist or a marriage counselor at times um but i think that's that gets easier with experience you know oh definitely it's very uncomfortable in the beginning though it is it is yeah yeah what do you like better the commercial side or the residential side um, I think I'll always have a passion for the residential side. Yeah. The, the commercial side, I think, is interesting, probably more so from a business perspective. Um, you know, things that you, you're working with other professionals, typically. You know, you don't need to hold people's hands or, or sort of walk them through things. They've done it all before. They know what you're talking about. So there's there's more of a... Um, fast. There's a faster pace on mm-hmm. those projects, um, you know, which can be great for business. You, you know, there's a you know more of an intensity around it. Um, but then at the end of the day, it's also not as personal and rewarding. Yeah. So you know, there's positives and negatives to both. I agree with that. It, you're not dealing with the emotional ties to the home and the building that you do with a residential home. Yeah, correct. It's it's much more of a it's a it's a business to business transaction. You know, it's it's not um, that sort of really intimate level that you get on with you know private private clients. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. I heard, saw in your email you said you were trying to 
you one day a goal of yours is to make your company go larger than where you are right now. Yeah, yeah. So I think, um, yeah. Well, when we, when we were chatting, um, I mean, what drives us really is, like I said earlier, you know, the the quality and the uniqueness of a project. Um, we don't ever want to be limited geographically. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, while we're based in Melbourne, um, you know, we're still doing work kind of in in different states in Australia. Um, you know, all over the place. But really, it's it's something that's on definitely on our radar to be doing work internationally. Um, and one of our clients at the moment, actually, we're doing a really large penthouse for him in Melbourne. Um, okay. But he's got he's got some offices. Um, he's got one office in New York City um, where he spends a lot of time. So I think I think we might end up over there with him and doing some work. But um, yeah, That's doing awesome. something in the United States would be would be incredible. Yeah. What What do you see the differences in both interior design and architecture from Melbourne and the United States? Yeah, I think. I think the United States, I mean, much like other, you know, far older countries have got more of a their own identity yeah. and and traditions of the way they do things or the aesthetic or whatever that may be. Um, and much like the commercial and residential conversation, you know, there's positives and negatives to that. Um, and And I think it's sort of at the other end of the spectrum in Australia as a younger country, um, and probably a bit more of a melting pot of, of cultures and, mm-hmm. you know, diversity. Um, there's, I think, some, there's sort of less rules here, which, oh, again, okay. is a positive and a negative, you know. Um, you know, it gives probably greater creative freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, that sense of identity and, and culture is um, sometimes lacking. Absolutely. Do you think yeah. once you do come over to the U.S. or another country, I mean, obviously we don't have a language barrier, but will will there be a business barrier like on how you guys conduct business to how we conduct business or how our development of architecture and interior design? Is that going to be a like? Is there a gap there between? I the don't two? think so. I don't no? think so. Uh, you know, other than converting from feet and inches into oh, <laughs> into millimeters and, yeah. and meters, uh, I think that's our only only real hurdle. Not that that's really to, anything to worry about. Um, yeah. Technology, but, um, it's nothing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I, I don't. I don't think that there's you know much difference from a business point of view. You know, we we have had a couple of opportunities in the United States already. Mm-hmm. Um, which just kind of didn't eventuate um, for whatever reason. But, um, you know, we've already sort of dipped our toe in a little bit and, um, you know, we love the idea. So, you know, it's definitely on our radar. Absolutely. Yeah. I I don't know if this show is in your area, but you know, the Amazon prime show, forget what it's called. Is it luxury home listings? Yeah. 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 I, that's, that's the only thing I know of for, I've seen in, uh, like, other than like the Sydney Opera House and stuff like that, other yep. architecture and interior design in Australia. Um, yep. Is that well representative of, of what you have as interior design and architecture in Australia? 
Uh, I don't think so. I think okay. it's a bit. Um, I mean, it is. It yeah. is the million million dollar homes. You know, the crazy crazy priced homes. So yeah, and even in the United States, it's a little bit different like that like we have a show on netflix called selling sunset not a lot of houses around my area look like those houses in los, los angeles i don't think, even think there's yeah. even one but yeah. that's that's the what i think of when i'm i'm talking to you about the architecture and interior design in australia yeah i think so i find shows like that are, are more driven to obviously it's television right yeah so they're they're focused on you know almost shocking you or wowing you as opposed to this really highly sort of defined or refined um you know design if that makes sense i find most of them are just a bit over the top oh yeah and and you know, the term luxury or luxurious is pretty subjective as well. You know, what one person likes, the next person doesn't. Um, Very true. But but um, there's a lot of amazing design here. You know, there's a lot of a lot of architects and a lot of interior designers that are producing some amazing work. Sorry, yeah, that's my phone. Um, <laughs> <That's good. laughs> um, but. Uh, yeah, I think those sort of shows in Australia are comparable to the ones in the US, but I wouldn't say that that would be, um, you know, the type of work that we'd be aspiring to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I I feel like that's the same way here. You know, we have a lot of shows. We have HGTV, which is a humongous TV network here with all the home and garden shows, real estate. Yeah. Um, yeah. They represent the good side of the business and they don't show you everything else. So. A lot of people are like, they meet you and they're like, ah, oh, I wish I had your job. You have the best life. And I'm like, hey, you're only seeing it from the TV show side. It's only the good side. You're not seeing it from yeah. the actual job itself. Exactly. I think those shows show, you know, the best five minutes of the process, Absolutely. which is the end product, right? Yeah. You know, when it's all finished, it's it's wonderful and everybody's happy and celebrating and all of those sorts of things. Um, but, you know, it, it ignores the, the years of hard work and toil prior to that that it takes to create a building. Um, you Absolutely. know, these things don't come together overnight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, um, for your business, do you have, is it kind of 50-50 with architects and interior designers or...? Um, is it mostly? No, no, it's not. So I would say the ratio is probably four to one. Okay. So other than myself, uh, we've got one other interior designer and then the rest are architects and uh, practice manager. Um, sure. Yeah. So the way we structure our business is that in terms of documentation, um, the architects are doing all of the documentation in term, for interiors as well, yeah. um, whereas our interiors, our interior designers are more just the sort of creative aspect of interiors, you know, finishes, selections, lighting, all of those kinds of things, um, and doing hand sketches of, of cabinetry or whatnot. But then, yeah, the documentation is left up to the, um, the architects, you're still doing the hand sketches? You're not doing any, like, computer renderings? 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that. All of that. Okay. But we'll we always um we've always got the trace paper out, you know, the butter paper out and okay. we're always sketching over things and, and all that sort of thing, which is not something that I ever want to lose. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we learned that in school, but like I haven't used it in years just because the I guess I've always just had very high paced jobs that are more corporate based. So it's yep. I don't have like the personal touch, like what your company would be giving a client, which it's, yeah. it's awesome that you guys still do that. Yeah. I, I find it really rewarding. You know, I don't know. There's something about drawing something sort of by hand, at least initially, of course, you know, like it's an initial idea that's put on paper by hand and then it's put into, you know, Revit or, or SketchUp or whatever that may be. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah, impressive. About too. Doing it by hand. Yeah, it's very impressive to be able to whip that up and show that to a client. And it shows like that you're actually doing it in your head and you actually show yeah. the vision in your head, which is really nice because sometimes that gets lost in a rendering. Exactly. And I, and I think it's it's almost all too easy in some respects with technology today mm-hmm. where people are out there, you know, producing these amazing renders or whatever it may be. And it's like, well, do you really understand how that goes together or, or why it's doing that as, as opposed to it just being a, a pretty picture? Yeah. I, I heard yeah. you say um, Revit and SketchUp. Are, you, are those the two programs you guys use the most? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So we'll use SketchUp um, through sort of the conceptual design stages just because it's, quick and easy and and pretty you know malleable um mm-hmm. and then uh all of the renderings and whatnot that we do are based from sketchup models gotcha and then it's not until we sort of move into the next phase of design development that we move into revit mm-hmm. um, so we're using revit for more of a documentation um, purpose Absolutely. Are you doing um, more architectural work for a whole housing project or a whole building project? Or are you doing just small renovations in a home? Um, no, no bigger stuff now. Um, okay. Yeah. Nice. So I would say, I mean, it, I, I, the conversion is probably a little different, but the minimum for our projects would probably be a million dollars in construction value. Okay. Very um, nice. Yeah. We've got one at the moment um single house it's 700 square meters so i don't know what that is in feet but i don't either (laughs) (laughs) i think it's i think it's a multiplication of maybe two and a half or three i'm not sure i remember in school doing this they would give us projects from different with the the different measurements of different countries and stuff and converting it to which is a good exercise to have because you never, especially being in the United States, how you, like you said, it's a melting pot. You never know yeah. um, who your client's going to be, who's the one measuring the house and who's giving you the information. So that's yeah. always good to know. But um, I want to g- finish it up with um, where people could find you on social media, your website um, and anything else you would like to promote. Yeah, look, um, Social media, Instagram is our primary platform. Um, Luke Fry underscore architecture um, is where you can find us there. And then our website is lukefry.com.au. 
Awesome. Yeah. So Thank you'll you. see us, you know, um, Instagram is primarily our, you know, day-to-day ongoing type of stuff. Um, website is more of a, you know, our online sort of portfolio and a little bit more about us. Yeah. Um, you know, completed yeah. works. Yeah. That Instagram's how I found you. I actually think I found you from that briefing. Um, yeah, there you go. That's exactly yeah. how I found you. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. There you go. I'm glad. It's um yeah, we did a series of those videos um just on different, you know, parts of the process and you know, just trying to educate clients and and get some information out there. But um, definitely it, it's very interesting just to hear it from another country's perspective and someone in the same yeah. field, just hearing other people do the same thing as you and yeah. also some things that are different. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Luke, so much for um, being on today. I'm very excited. Thanks for reaching out. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for the chat.